Good evening from that. We're learning Masachas, Pesachim Daf Mem. Normally, Thursday nights are meant to be um, a little bit longer um, due to my schedule and, uh, and, a, and a nice migraine today. We're going to be learning a blot instead of a blot and a half. We're going to go Mishnah. The Mishnah starting from the bottom of the Testament base, going to the bottom of Daf Mem Amid base. And then on Shabbos, we'll do a blot and a half. Sunday, we'll do a blot and a half, and then we'll be even. Uh, apology for the change in schedule. Uh, let us get started, and let me mute all of the fine people here, because I can hear all you talking in the background. Thank you. Okay, great. We're going to be starting now with a, a new Mishnah. Um, we know, of course, uh, we're familiar with the idea, at least, of Matzah Shmura, uh, or Shmura Matzah, as we call it, but in the, in the halachic frame, it's referred to as Matzah Shmura. And the whole concept of Shmura Matzah is that we're concerned that maybe due to exposure to moisture, that which is one of the five grains, barley, rye, oat, wheat, and spelt, that they may get exposed and therefore become chametz. They could be mischametz, and that could be a halachic problem. So the Gemara here has a, a number of injunctions to make sure that we don't violate that iser. And here is um, here is the beginning of that. The Mishnah writes, Ein shorinus hamursam latarnagolim. You're not allowed to soak the morsan, which was one of the grains, which was um, animal feed for tarnagolim. Aval cholten, however, you are allowed to scald it, like very, very quick exposure into very, very hot water. Ha'isha lotishra es hamursan. She's not allowed to soak morsan, which was also used. She tolich uh, that she would use in a bathhouse. This was used as some type of exfoliant where they would take something that was kind of rough and, uh, and they rub it on their arms to clean things off. We actually have seen soaps over the years that recently where they would put these granules. Have you ever seen these soaps? They're liquid soaps and they have these granules in them. You feel them. Exfoliate. Yeah, they're, they're exfoliated, but, but you feel them. It's sort of like a tactile. This was much more uh, rough than that. We're talking about grain that they were using in a way uh, to, to clean their body. So a woman should not do that. Aval, She's allowed to take the grains that are dry and use them to exfoliate again or rub whatever whatever she was doing. Not, not exactly clear, but some type of exfoliant. And then lastly, from the Mishnah, Nowadays, we would not recommend this for getting chametz. We wouldn't recommend it because it's disgusting. But for those who are interested, you're not allowed to chew grains and then put it on top of a wound. There were concerned that when you chew on something, the saliva, which is water, in effect, uh, it's basically, basically water. Uh, so that could cause for things to be mischame. So these are these are some of the injunctions. None of them themselves are isuri do raisa, but they're the cautionary uh, the cautionary concerns about taking grain and making it into that which might become chametz. Tanu Rabban and the Gemara opens Lamed Testament base ten lines from the bottom. There are grains that don't uh, end up becoming chametz. What types of things end up don't end up becoming chametz, ha'afui, something which is already baked, you could pour water on it all day. That's not going to become chametz. Vehamavushal, uh, that's an interesting phrase. Mavushal is usually a liquid medium. We're going to discuss that in the Gemara because a liquid medium can become chametz if you put flour in it. We'll discuss that at some degree of length today, but that's a kasha a little bit. How does that work out? Uh, next, v'chalut shechaltu v'roschen, if you have something that was scalded, you have grains, but they were scalded in uh, very, very hot water. And that's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's a, a super fast form of cooking. Um, and it reaches its cooking point so quickly that it's not possible to be bali dechimutz. So asks the Gemara, hold on one second, uh, not to be confused, sometimes ayin and sadi in Aramaic are interchangeable. Some people refer to Masechah's Beitz as Masechah's Beya. Here too, look what it says. It says, 
the chametz. It becomes chametz. The ayin and tzadi are interchangeable. So what do you mean that bishul doesn't cause for problems? Bishul is typically a liquid medium of cooking. So I don't understand how you can say that there's no chametz there. It's givaldic to eat chametz while we're talking about chametz. It's like one of the best ways to entertain the masechta. We are practicing what would be an iser doraisa in just a few months. We're already 40 blot in. That means that Passover is in 81 days for whoever's counting, approximately. Says the Gemara's father. So how do we answer this question about Bishel? Says the Gemara, because it's not Stam Bishel. The case that we're talking about, we're talking about that which was already baked and then, so this is matzah brai. That's matzah brai. You take something that was already baked, you bake the matzahs, they're kosher, and then you have matzah brai, and then you, no problem. That, that's not making chametz. So we know, of course, Ladina, that of course matzah brai is not chametz, that's for sure. But there are those who are makbed on it, even though the Gemara writes explicitly that there's nothing wrong with that. That is what the Tosefta says here. I don't think it's a Tosefta, I think it's a Brisa, that says that as long as it's, if it's afoy and mavushal, that's what Rapapa is saying, that it's afoy and mavushal, so matzah brai midah rice is mutter. Good. Tanya, the Brisa writes six lines from the bottom of the page. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, Omer, Kemach, Shanafal, Soho. Dilaf, if there's a dripping liquid that's falling into flour, that will not generate chametz. Big machlokas in the Rishonim here. Do we say that the entire dish can't become chametz? Why? You have water that's dripping all over the place. At some point, it's going to collect enough liquid to, let's say, line the bottom of the pan. So some of them are Rishonim here, right? That what we're talking about is in the makom hadlaf, the place where the water is actually dripping. That's where we have the limitation. That's where we have the exclusion to say that there is no uh, chametz in that spot. But yes, the splattering is to other places that we still would say it is possible to have chimutz. It has to be drip after drip. It can't be sitting there for a long time. It's got to be continuous. And because that's the case in the spot, according to those Rishonim who limit it, uh, that the spot where the water drips, by definition, because there's so much movement, you're not going to be able to be baldi de chimutz. Four lines from the bottom. Amar, Debei, Rav Shila, Vatika, Shari. What's Vatika? So Rashi says that Vatika, this Rashi's four lines from the bottom of the page, is a Maichal Kemach. It's some type of uh, some type of flour-based food. And he says that Vatika is Shari, it's permissible to eat. Ayve Hatanya Vatika Aser. Some say that it's not. It depends how the Vatika is made. Lokasha, Hadaavde, Bimishcha, Bimilcha. In one case, that were where we said in the name of uh, Debe Rav Shila, where we said that the vatika is permissible, that's when it was made b'mishcha umilcha, when it's made with oil and with salt. Because, as we've learned, oil is not bali dechimutz. Oil cannot cause for leavening. And therefore, if you take oil and if you take, uh, and if you take, uh, if you take oil and flour, you're totally fine. However, when the Brisa says three lines from the bottom that Vatika's Aser, Ha, De'avde, B'may of Emilcha, that's when you have water and salt, and that's literally how you make matzah. You take a little bit of salt, you take a little bit of water, you take a little bit of flour, and that's uh, how you would make matzah. So here, our concern with it, with Vatika is that it might be Aser because we would let it leaven, and that could be problematic. So the distinction to be made with Vatika is that when it's made with the oil as the liquid, that's not Bali Dechimutz, and that was the case of Debei Rav Shila. However, the Brisa, which said that it is uh, that it is problematic. That was when we were talking about water and salt. Two lines from the bottom. Marzucha, let's say you're cooking and you see that the dish that you're making is a little too thin. Uh, sometimes when I make pancakes, I find that I always need to add more flour. We have seen, had such experiences before. So the Gemara here is saying, how do we make the food a little bit thicker? One should not make a pot of food more thick by adding in flour. 
So uh, Rashi here says, if you take a look at Rashi, two lines from the bottom, uh, three lines from the bottom in, in Rashi Dibur Hamaskil, lo limchei inish bekidra, she me'avin tavshel hakdeira, from the word av, you're making the food thicker, al yadeshe memachim kemach lesocho, by mixing in kemach, ve'afilu, and even if it's what's referenced in our Gemara as bekimcha de'avishona, which is described as shenisyabsha, the nikles bitaner, it's already been cooked, it's already been baked, it's done for. But Afal Piken, you still should not add it. Let's go back in the Gemara. Dilma lo bashel shapir vaasi because it's possible to still generate a, a concern about chimutz. Amar of Yosef, Rav Yosef says, bottom line of Lamentesim Bez, as we turn to the top of Memo Medalev, he says, lo lichlot, one should not scald, inish, a person should not scald, trechite bahade hadade, two uh, kernels of, of wheat at the same time, why not? Dilma Azlachada, the Yasva Bitsiria de Chaverta. Maybe the two grains will overlap one another, and there are grooves in uh, in some of these kernels. And what because there are grooves and because they're overlapping, so then in such cases, uh, we're concerned de Chaverta Salik Kula de Maya We're afraid that the water won't extract from the kernels properly. And then the Asili de you ever make chicken and the chicken's supposed to be separated and they end up touching each other or you're making potatoes and they overlap. And when you undo it, you see that they're not as cooked and in the contact point, same exact concern here is that if there's an overlap and adding in a secondary factor, if there's a groove inside the chitim and the kernels, so then we're afraid that, uh, that all the liquid would not come out. Fourth line says the Gemara of Amar Abaye similarly, Abaye says, we should not singe Inish, he should not singe tre shibole bahade adade, two stalks of grain, uh, because dilmanafke maya mehai ubala idach, ubala idach, ve asil dechimus. We're afraid that maybe one of the stalks, the water would be extracted by the singeing process, but it would then get reabsorbed by the other side. Uh, how do you know that the moisture won't get reabsorbed? So that the Gemara says might be problematic according to Abayi Ba'asili Dechimut, and we might come to Chametz Amar Le Rava. Rava says, according to your concern, if your concern is reabsorption, so even if you only have one one stock, you still could reabsorb the water that was, you know, put back in the air or that was extracted onto the bottom of the pan that could be reabsorbed. Of course, it could be reabsorbed. So El Amar Rava he rejects that opinion. He says no. The liquid extract of the stock is considered to be meperos, and what do we know? Meperos ain't machmitzen. So he argues with, with Abaye. Abaye says two, uh, two, uh, two stalks of grain, um, yeah, two stalks of grain cannot be singed together because the heat will draw water out and it may get reabsorbed. So he says to, to Abaye, if what you're saying is true by two, it's also true by one, you're just concerned about water, and water can be extracted even from one piece and be reabsorbed and become chametz. So therefore, Rabbah pivoted and said something different. Rabbah said, no, what we're talking about is that this liquid is extracted from the uh, fruit itself. And as we've learned a number of times ago, uh, a number of blot ago, we learned this on the top of Lamed Heim and Beis and May, Peros are not Machmitzen. Tanu Rabbana, that's not true. Where are we? A little bit earlier. Oh, so that, that was the argument that Rava gave to Abaye. Bahadar Bey Abaye, and he actually did retract this Shita Me'ahi, but based on a slightly different reason, which was to call Agav Midlaihu Lomachamse. While liquid is being extracted, it is not also absorbing. The liquid will only be extracted in one direction. When you're dehydrating a food, let's say you're making beef jerky. It is not the case that when you extract liquid, it also reabsorbs. No, it just extracts liquid. That's a, a biased assumption. 
one mode at a time. If the heat is high enough, it's going to extract and that's it. It's not going to reabsorb. Even if it comes out of the fruit and collects on the bottom of the pan, seemingly, seemingly that's the case that Abai would not be concerned about such a thing because if you had a container that had uh, some type of flour in it, and you were you were toasting it, you were drying it out. So shrifa shari, if the if it was hanging upside down, so then the liquids would drip out, no problem. Zakifa asr, but if it was standing upright, that would be problematic. Rashi di Brahmaskal asr, about an inch above where we are, about a fifth of the way down on the page. There we would be concerned, says Abai, had it been that it was all in one container. So if you have grains in the bottom of a Let's say it's in a frying pan of some kind and it's sitting on the oven and the liquid falls out. So this is difficult to understand in light of the previous Abaye, but Abaye had changed his opinion. He changed his tune. Earlier, he was saying that he was concerned about the fact that it might reabsorb. Then he said, no, it won't reabsorb. But if there's enough collected liquid on the bottom, it would reabsorb. And therefore, we need the container to be upside down so all the liquid could drip out and it won't. It, it then won't reabsorb. Okay. So says Rava, he disagrees. Rava Omar, Lashita, so Afilu Zakifa Nami Shari, even if the Kli was standing upright and the liquids would extract into the bottom of the Kli, still he'd say it's uh, for the same reason as he said before, Meperus Nidhu, the extract, the liquid extract from uh, from that which you are toasting is considered to be Meperos and Meperos Einan Machmitzin. For the rest of the day until the next Mishnah, we're going to be learning about Lisisa. Uh, Lisisa is a very important idea in regards to the preparation of flour in that the way we prepare for uh, making flour is by taking the kernels, by taking the grains of any barley, rye, oat, wheat, and spelt and placing it into a liquid. This softens it up, it cleans it up as we'll see somehow or else throughout the Gemara. And the question is whether Lisisa is mutter or not as it relates to the concerns of generating chametz. That could be problematic. First of the long lines, daf mem, amin aleph. Taner abonan, ein losisin seorin bepesach. One is not allowed to soak barley on Pesach. That's not allowed. And if a person would in fact do this, then nispaku asuros, if that which you put in the water, the grains, the kernels, would be so absorbed with liquid that they would crack open, uh, then uh, they would be problematic. Lo nispaku mutaros. And bidyeved, had it been that they didn't burst open, then it would be permissible. Rebiosi omer, shoran v'chometz, v'chometz tzomsan. This is a fascinating idea. Rebiosi says, you're allowed to be sure of them in vinegar because what vinegar does is it halts the process of chimutz. It's a type of liquid that doesn't allow for leavening. I don't know if that's chemically true, but it's uh, certainly the assumption of the Gemara. I don't know who has experience with this. We do. Has anybody ever soaked grains inside of vinegar? It's not a common thing to do, but the Gemara says that we assume that when you put grains in vinegar, says Rabiosi in, in the Brisa, that we instantly assume that it halts the process of chimutz and therefore it's not problematic. This is a very important distinction, not about the vinegar per se, but about the liquids. And it kind of goes back to the idea that may peros are not machmets. There are some liquids that you are allowed to mix with flour to make foods on Pesach. That's just mutter. Now, vinegar doesn't taste good, but maybe there's a mixture of liquids. It's the next uh, bright idea that someone can have for Pesach. Maybe you can come up with a mixture of flour and some type of liquid that prevents the process of leavening, which would then be totally mutter to eat. No problem at all. So we solve the problem by, by making things out of matzah flour. Right? But that's the Gemara on the previous page. Now you're mixing it with liquids, that's Gibrachs. So you get into the shalas of Gibrachs. But, but Medina, that's for sure mutter. It's not an Isra Daraisa. That's the Cholodeus. It's not an Isra Daraisa. But nevertheless, uh, my, my wife married someone who is Makbid on Gibrachs. So she's looking for a heter. <laughs> she, she can't find one. Because <laughs> her husband is a Hasid Shigai. He's a Ger Hasid. So, uh, so they hold of Gibrachs. So she's very upset. 
Okay. So it says the Gemara as follows. Amar Shmuel, ein halacha kerebiosi. The halacha is not, not like Rebiosi, who says that vinegar actually limits liquid. Amar Rebchizda, Amar Mar Ukva, lo nispaku mamish. When we qualified the shita in the brisa, when the Tanakama held that if in fact, bidiyevet, if in fact you did soak the grains, that once they crack open, they become usher. But if they don't crack open, then the bidiyeva, their mutter, says the Gemara in the name of Mar Ukva, Loni Mamish. We don't mean that they're actually going to crack open. That's not what we mean. Only theoretically, had it been that we put them over a barrel of wine and that's when they would crack open, then that would be problematic. So right now, it may not crack open when you put it in. But had it been that if you were to move it over to a barrel of wine and then it would crack, what's with the barrel of wine? Right? So Rashi says here, Rashi, just to the right, I cannot explain this to you other than the fact that Rashi says it. Rashi says, It's such a strong smell of wine that the barley cracks open. Anybody? I don't know. Fascinating. Idea. Try it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's also true. Yeah. And, and their wine was undiluted. I'm sure it was a very intensive so, smell, but I could see... I could see a human being saying, whoa, too intense, I'm gonna back off. But the barley's like, whoa, too intense, I'm gonna crack open. So I'm not sure what the science is here, but Rashi does say, and apparently there was uh, some reality to what was happening here, it doesn't make it into the Gemara Stam. But what the Gemara is saying is that when the Tanakama says that if you soak the, the kernels inside the uh, liquid, and then if it were to theoretically have soaked long enough that if you took it out of the liquid and put it on the barrel of wine, it would crack open. That's what we're talking about. It doesn't have to crack open. It would still be problematic. Okay, so that's how uh, we explain the Tanakama. Shmuel argues, Shmuel Amar, we're one third of the way down, Shmuel Amar, no, no, not correct. We don't say the barrel of wine routine. We have to say that when does the Tanakama hold that putting the kernel in the liquid is problematic? That's true when it actually breaks in the water and not theoretically when it breaks at a later point. Shmuel did this in Bedura, in the living location, in the place of Barchashu. Rashi here writes, that was the name, the name of the location. So what was the dinner? So we reject the opinion that says that it has to be brought to a barrel of wine. We therefore assume that we are talking about a case where it, uh, the grains actually broke open. And that, uh, just to be super clear, that explains the sheets of the Tanakama, who said that Bidiyevit, if in fact you put it in the water, they're going to be usher if they break open, and mutter if the grains don't break open. Fine. Amarava, Balnefesh, Lo Yiltos. If a person is a Balnefesh, so um, then he should not do any soaking. Rashi, Ibrahamasko Balnefesh, an inch and a half, two inches below where we are, Chasid. And the Svar Macherim, the Hagos Vitzionim writes, Yare Shamaim Hachareid Al Nafsho. Very sharp language. A Baal Nefesh is a person who is Yare Shamaim, he fears Hashem, Hachareid Al Nafsho, who trembles about his soul. This is the definition of a Baal Nefesh. Fascinating translation. And how does this play out when all the posts can say, Baal Nefesh, Tavolav, Bracha, Baal Nefesh, Yachmir, all these usages? There's a big view in the Rishonim here about Baal Nefesh. Some people say it's not about Hashkafa at all, it's about, uh, it's about health. Uh, there's some of course you would say this is not healthy. Okay, so it's just a unit. But here it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. Yeah, exactly. The usage here. We should all be charedim. That's a leisman to public. That's for sure the case. That's uh, absolutely that's appropriate. So the Gemara says here, and chasidim says the chasid kind of. 
that if there isn't a person who's a bal nefesh, a person who should be very careful, so lo yiltos, he should not do any soaking of any kernels. That's not appropriate. It says the Gemara, my ear, you're bal nefesh. What do you mean bal nefesh? What does the Bryce say at the first long line here? It says, afilu kule al manami, everyone should be usher to, to do yield, to do latisa. Why should it be usher to soak them? Because what does the Bryce say? Tanya ain lotus in seorim bepesach. What does that have to do with being a Baal Nefesh? That's the basic thing. Baal Nefesh, you want to tell me about a Chumrah? Fine. But this is Tamayid. Every Jew, even the ones who are not Chared Ladvar Hashem, everyone should be concerned about Latisa because it could be Baldi de Chimut and Chametz is Nisar Doraisa. So, what is this whole thing about a Baal Nefesh? Answers the Gemara almost halfway down. Here's Pshat. Baal Nefesh, Afiluchitin de Siriri, Lo Yotos. Even if it's a type of grain that's very hard, it's a very uh, it's very, it doesn't absorb a lot. It, it, it would take a tremendous amount of soaking to bring it to the point of chimutz. That's where we apply the rule of Baal Nefesh. That's where we apply it. It's in a Chumra case, not in a regular case of chitin. In Ochanami, you're correct. In a regular case of chitin, everyone has to be mocked. And then we get into the Bidiyeved, did the uh, barley crack open? Did not, fine, that's all Bidiyeved. Lechatchila is not about a Baal Nefesh when it comes to regular grains. Everyone agrees that that's not allowed. What we're talking about when it talks about a Baal Nefesh is a type of grain that's very hard and it doesn't absorb liquid very quickly. Because of that, there we have a din of nefesh, but Stamayid, who, uh, I mean, we should all try to be from where appropriate, but uh, Stamayid, he should make sure that he's not doing this either, but it's mutter if he does it. Uh, it shouldn't say Omar Le, it should say Omar Rav Nachman. The reason it shouldn't say Omar Le is because Rabba, I believe, lived a generation later. Uh, so Omar Rav Nachman, I'm not sure what I just said is true. Yitz Brandis, we'll have to check that up on your uh, Gemara sheet that you bought. When did Rabba live and when did um, Rav Nachman live? Anyways, the Gemara says, Amar Rav Nachman, man Abba, whoever listens to Abba, which was a reference to Rabba, that person who we're talking about, Ochel Nama Ipusha, he'll eat bread that tastes bad, Deha Bey Rav Huna, Rav Huna himself would, would be lotes, he would do Lasisa, he would uh, Latisa, he would do the soaking. What it did is it, it pulled away all the gross stuff from the grain, and it made it, Rashi here points out, it, it removes the morsan, it removes the bran from the grain, it makes it taste better. So uh, he says, why are we being so makbid, Rabba? Rav Nachman says, I have a marimachum for you and Rav Huna. Ubey Rabba bar oven, say he also did the soaking. Good. Now what we're going to do is learn three versions of how Rava understood the sugya about Latisa. First he says it's Asr, then he says it's Mutter, and then he says it's a mitzvah to do Latisa. What a wild spectrum of shitas. Unbelievable. Shita number one, halfway down. Rava Amar Asr Liltos. The first thing that he says is that you're not allowed to do Latisa. You're not allowed to allow the barley, you're allow the grain to soak. I asks the Gemara, Lahadatanya, the Brisa writes in Lotzin Saorim Bepesach, Saorudolo, Achite Shari. Maybe it's only Saorin that are not allowed Bechitin. We can make a deal. If the Brisa only speaks about Saorin, which is barley, maybe the Chitin should be Mutter. And if that's the case, Rava, why are you being so sweeping? Don't say that everything is Asr. Maybe some, some of it's Mutter. Mutter, not Latisa is not Asr everywhere. The Brisa seems to imply it's only Asr by Saorin. So say that it's Mutter by, uh, by Chitin and Asr by Saorin. Rava, you can't be right. Says the Gemara, Lomi Boya Kamar. It's coming to teach me that both of them are, in fact, Asr. I don't need you to tell me about, about chitin. Cave in the East Bay, Syria, because they have a groove in them, eyelid buhumaya, there were much more concerned because it absorbs more water, harder to get the water out, more likely for there to be chamans. Avalsare, but when it comes to barley, dishie, which are much more smooth, ema shapir dummy. I might have thought that the halacha would have been that there is no problem of Latisa Kamash Mulan, says Rava, that I'm teaching you that both of them are problematic and your diuk from this Mishnah um, that chitin are permissible to soak is incorrect. Hadar Rava, then Rava changed his tune. Mutter Liltos. He went from Usr to Mutter. Okay, a big enough of a swing. We're not yet at the biggest part of the swing. Now he says it's Mutter to do Latisa. 
One can fulfill the mitzvah darais of achilas matzah with pas naki, with very clean um, flour, and as well with hadra, which is not so clean. But the pas nakia, the pas nakia can only become clean with latisa. ACB asks the Gemara, wait a minute, Rav Papa, the Rava. Rav Papa says to Rava, you want to say it's mutter liltos? But we have a source in the Tanaim that reads as follows. Hakmachin v'hasiltos, kemach is unrefined flour, siltos is refined flour. So you have two types of flour, rough, you know, more coarse and more fine. Shel nachrim, it belongs to a non-Jew. Shel kfarim, tahorim. If you're eating it in a kfar, then it's tahor, v'shel krachin, tmein. And if it's in the bigger city, then it's Tame. Rashi, a critical Rashi to understand what we're talking about. Rashi, three inches, two inches below where we are. Dibur Hamaschel Shel Kfarim Tehorin. Rashi says, if you shain Makpitin al-Sultan, they live in the boondocks. They don't have all the right tools. You can imagine farmland. There's no Walmart to buy the, uh, some type of grinder. They just have whatever they have. So what happens when you don't soak them? Well, then they can't become Tame because... Water is one of the Yad Shachadam liquids that generates the capacity for food to transfer tuma. So that's why in the Kfarin, where they don't care about how coarse or how fine their flour is, their grains are, they're not doing Latisa. And therefore, in the Kfarim, in the, in the, in, you're out in the field, there we're not concerned about any, any, truma, uh, any tuma transfer. So they're to horn, but Shalkrach and Zmein says the Gemara, the Kfarim, my taima. In the smaller cities, why was there no tuma? Why was there no tuma? There we see that they did not do, not do Latisa. We're assuming that that's the case, that they did not do any soaking. Nevertheless, in which case, Rava, what do you mean? That Brisa that says that. Uh, that EF Shar Nakia below Latisa, that's not true because we see in the case of the Nachrim, we see that it's referred to as Solas and they live in the Kfarim. They're not doing Latisa. So you're wrong. So you're wrong, Rabbas. She says, Gemara, Tirguma Akimcha. No, that wasn't talking about that type of Solas. We were talking about Kimcha. We're talking about Kemach, the coarse one. But in fact, had it been Solas, we assume that they in fact would have done Latisa. Now, this was the argument that Rav Papa gave to Abaye. Uh, that Rapapa gave against uh, Rava. And that's uh, that's how he answered, by saying that it was talking about Kemach, the more coarse version of flour, as opposed to Solas, the more fine version of flour. And after he walked out, Rapapa was kicking himself. He's like, I've got a much better Marimakum against Rava. So he says, Basar Gamar, my time of Emolemiha. Why did I tell him this? You know, like when you walk out of an argument and you had the best argument ever, and you realize right after they walk out the door, he's like, shoot. This is so good. Look at the Marimakum he asks now. This is black on white against Rava. We're 15 lines from the bottom. The Amar of Zera, Amar of Yirmiya, Amar Shmuel. Chitin Shamanachos. This is clear. Ein lotusin osam v'kakar luhusolas. Beautiful. A great argument against, against, against Rava. Rava was under the assumption that the only way you get fine flowers with Latisa. We see here that that's definitely not true. It says ein lotusin, yet nevertheless it's referred to as solas. But don't worry, because Rava changed his tune yet again. He started out by saying that Latisa is Asr. Then he changed it to Latisa's Mutter. And now all of a sudden, Latisa is a mitzvah. Let's see what happens here. Hadarama Rava. We are three-fourths of the way down. Hadarama Rava. Lost my space. Here we go. Mitzvah Liltos. There's a mitzvah to do soaking. Shinema Ushmartem Esamatos. It has to be that you're doing a Shmira on the Matos, because the Pasuk says Ushmartem Esamatos. What are you watching for? Obviously, you're watching for chimutz. You're watching to make sure that it's chametz. So, ilo devoy latisa. If you're not requiring soaking, then what type of shmira are we talking about? Shimor lemai. Shmira has to be somewhere. It has to be on something. What are you looking at? You're looking at dry wheat. 
that's, there's no shmirah required for dry wheat. If there's no water, you don't have to worry about chametz. So what is the shmirah of the pasuk? What, what are we talking about? It says Gemara, ishimur delisha. If you want to say that we're looking at ishimur delisha, namely, you have your flour, and from the time you add the water, then we say, all right, now that's what the pasuk means when it says ushmartem esamatzos. Well, let's see if that makes sense. Shimor delisha lav shimor hu. That's not relevant. Amar of huna shal nachrim. When it comes to the dough of a goy, we're assuming, of course, kosher. Adam You can eat to your heart's content. But as it relates to the mitzvah of matzah, however, you need to, at the end, eat a kazayis of matzah in order to be yote the mitzvah of matzah. It says the Gemara Diuk. What is the Diuk from Ravuna? Ve'achrona in only at the end, but berishon alo my taima mishum delo abad behu shimor. Obviously, the dough is already made, and clearly you weren't doing shimor, which proves you don't need to do shimor because you were allowed to eat it later. You were allowed to eat it ve'achrona. You would just had to have you had to have kavan at that point to do so. But as it relates to the earlier parts of the of the betzekos shel nachrim, you were clearly not watching. So therefore, that doesn't work. My taima mishum delo abad behu shimor. Ah, oh, so maybe we should say, oh, come on, that doesn't make sense. You're going to say that we have to do shimur after it's baked. We already learned on the previous page. What happens when, when something's already baked? You can't make it into chametz again. Gibrachs maybe, but you can't make it into chametz again. So the Gemara here is saying that what's the only other option? It must therefore be that the shmir was from the beginning process, namely that there's a mitzvah to do latisa, that there's a mitzvah to soak the grains. And that's how Rava tries to establish and develop his third approach within Latisa. Again, he started out that Latisa is Asr, soaking is Asr. He changed to saying Latisa is Mutter. And now he is saying that Latisa is a mitzvah. Says the Gemara Mimai, maybe your analysis of the case of the Betsekos Shal Nachrim is incorrect. Dilma, shiny hasa, maybe that case is different. That he should have watched at the time of... Uh, of Lisha, but he did not. But if he's going to eat it, he is going to watch. Maybe, in fact, it really was a Shimur by Lisha. That's a great Shaila. And this plays into the postkin as well. Because what, what do we consider to be Shmura Matzah? Is it, is it Shmura Mishas Ketzira, which is the Makbit version? Or is it the more lenient version of Shmura Mishas Lisha Ve'ela? What, what's considered Shmura? So the Gemara, this is a real answer that the Gemara gives here. And in fact, the Gemara doesn't really give an answer to this. We asked this question on Rabbah. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe really there was Shmira from Lisha Ve'elach, and that uproots uh, Rava's whole idea about Shmura, about, uh, about Shmira starting by the Latisa from the beginning that it's now a mitzvah, says the Gemara, even with that argument, says the Gemara, three lines from the bottom, now two lines from the bottom, Rava. Rava kept his opinion that Latisa, that soaking the grains was considered to be a mitzvah, how do we know? Rava said to those in the plural, lehu to them, lehanhu to mahavchikibe, those who were were the ones who would roll over the bales of hay so that they could get some moisture on the other side. So what would he say to them? Ki mahavchisu hafichu the mitzvah. Ah, so we see there's a mitzvah of shmira. All they were doing is rolling over the grain so that it could dry out on the bottom side. The bottom side was touching the ground, so there's less the height. There's less of the of, uh, there's less of the absorption into the air. Time to roll it over. Let it dry out on the other side. Great, no problem. Oh, do it l'shem mitzvah. What does it mean, do it l'shem mitzvah? Must be that Latisa was mutter, that it was allowed to be saturated with liquid in the beginning. No problem. You have to be shmira. You have to do shmira and make sure it's not bali de chimutz. But uh, good, Alma, what do we see? Bottom line. We therefore see that we need shmira, mitzira ve'elach from the time that it's harvested all the way to the time 
of eating. So Ladina, we don't pask in the Shmura Matzah's Me'akev, uh, but Rava is basically the, uh, the, he is the Shita that uh, is the baseline for saying that when we are Makbid, and it's appropriate to do so for the Seder when we eat Matzah del Rai, so we should try to eat Shmura Matzah, handmade versus not handmade, okay? Separate Shaila, but here, the Shmura Matzah, uh, here, the Shmura Matzah is an Indian within Rava. Good, bottom line. Mar Bere de Ravina, turning to the top of Mem Amid Beis. Mar Bere de Ravina said, Menak Talei Ime Be'arbi. What is going on here? Take a look at Rashi. Top Rashi. Dibur Hamaschil, Menak Talei Ime Chitin. Mitchilas Ktsir Litzorach Pesach. She would take the grains that were harvested for the Tzorach of Pesach for the purpose of the Mitzvah Pesach. Be'av Delehu Shimur Me'ikara. And she would watch them herself. That's what the, what the Gemara means, Arbi. she would keep it in a bucket and she would make sure that no water got on or, or it was soaking and she would make sure that it didn't become chametz. But this is uh, an application of Rava yet again. Hahu Arba, not to be confused, Arba and Arbi, different words. Arba in Aramaic, without the I, and this is with an Aleph Reish Bezayin, top line, is a boat. And there was a boat that sank, Ahu Arba Techite, that was carrying grains, the Taba Bechishta. It drowned, the boat sank in a, in, a, in a lake, in a river, in a body of water that was referred to as Chishta. Sharia Rava Lizvune Lenachrin. And he said, go grab the boat. I got their scuba gear and they brought up all the grains from down there. And he said, no problem, you can sell it Lenachrin. You can sell it to a guy. Says the Gemara, why? Third line down, Memo Mibes, Eisibe, Rava Barlivoy, the Rava, I don't understand. Unrelated to this case, we'll come back in a minute. In a minute, Let's say that you had a wool garment and you know that there are some fibers of linen. You saw them under the microscope. You saw them not under the microscope and now you can't find them anymore. So it's a beged. That you're not allowed to sell to a guy. But what you're, you're allowed to sell, you're allowed to sell chitim that might be chametz to a guy. Why? Says the Gemara, as well, you cannot make that blanket from this garment that you would use for a donkey because you're getting, you're utilizing the uh, the the However, you are allowed to make it as a tachrichin for the mace. So this is very weird. Why would we limit giving this to a nachri? A nachri doesn't have a mitzvah of shatnas. Jews do. So part of the Jew giving it to the nachri or no great question michael no there, there is, there's no isra hana inherently in shatnas technically you could sell shatnas that would be the implication here we'll see in a moment what the answer is but that was a i've never heard the habamina that's a brilliant habamina that maybe that's the case but here the distinction is so funny the gemara says that you're allowed to you're allowed to sell um the uh, you're allowed to sell kiloi begodim you're not allowed to sell it to you are allowed to sell it to a guy yeah, you are allowed to sell it to a guy. I'm sorry, you're not allowed to sell it to a guy. Um, but you're allowed to use it for a Jew who died. Uh, not, not to make a, such a crass comparison, but halachically speaking, neither of them have the chiyuv of shatnas. You have a non-Jew and, uh, and a Jew who's passed away. So why is it that by the nachri we restrict it and by the mates we allow it? Neither of them have the chiyuv. It says the Gemara, this is what's going on. Six lines down, mem base, the nachri, my time alone. What's the reason by a nachri that we're not allowed to give him? Shatnis, says the Gemara, la mishum dohadam rezavin litzro. We're concer- concerned that he may, you know, re-gift it. Thank you for the sweater. I'm not going to go give it to my uh, Jewish my Jewish employee, my Jewish employer. I'm going to go give him a gift of a scarf that's all filled with kilayim. So that's what our concern. So then Hadar uh, Amar Rava, if your concern is that, then what, what should we do with the chametz? You shouldn't be allowed to sell the chametz to the guy. This is the kash and the Gemara. If the reason why we're not allowed to sell shatnas to a guy is because we're afraid he may sell it to a Jew, so then why are you allowed to sell 
the uh, what fell what, what drowned in the boat, what sank in the boat. Why are you allowed to sell those grains to a guy? Maybe he'll sell them to a Jew. Same question. Answers the Gemara. Gemara says, You're right. But you are allowed to sell them to a Jew in small enough portions, says the Gemara, so that Kalya, he'll complete the food, he'll finish that food uh, before Pesach starts. You're not allowed to add flour to a, a pot on Pesach. And if in fact you need to, so how should you do it properly? Says the Gemara, First you should put in the flour and then add in immediately afterwards the chometz. What did we say about chometz? That it inactivates the capacity of the bread, of the chometz to become bread to leaven. It turns off the genes. However it works, it stops the flour from becoming chometz. The yeshomrim, quarter of the way down, some people say it's the other way. You can even put in the chometz first. Um, and there, we're not concerned that the chometz will no longer be viable. There, we would say the chometz will, will not yet lose its capacity. It can still cook. It can still cook. And, and we'll see in a moment how we know that that's true. Man yesh omrim, says the Gemara, who is the author of the yesh omrim? Chizda says that the one who holds that you're allowed to put in the chometz first, you're allowed to put in the vinegar first, followed by the flour. That's the sheet of Rabbi Chizda, Rabbi Hudahid. It's not in the Mishnah writes. Ha'ilpes, you have a frying pan, bacteria, you have a, um, uh, you're cooking in some type of a bowl. She'aviran mirotchen, it's boiling hot. Lo yitain l'sochan tablin. You're not allowed to take tablin spices and put them in a klirishon. That's also, you're not allowed to do that. Abal, excuse me, no sin l'soch. You are allowed to put it into a cliche. We pasch in this way, the dino that one is allowed to put spices into a klisheni. So let's say that someone said, hey, the salt, uh, the soup needs salt. So you're not allowed to add it to the klirishon. Even if the klirishon is law agave ha'ish, you're not allowed to add the spices to the klirishon. But in your soup bowl, you can put in pepper all you want. No problem at all. You just can't add it to the klirishon. So that's what the Gemara says here. Abel in the Socha Akar, the Socha Tamchu, he says uh, the Tanakama, that uh, it's mutter in a cliche. Yehuda Omer, lakol hu nosin. You're allowed to put it in everything except for one. Chutz mi davar sheyesh bochometz v'tzir, except for something that has vinegar or brine, which shows us that vinegar still cooks. And that's the how we know that the yesh omrim that says that if you put in the chometz first, that you can still add the flour later, because the person who says that you put in the chometz first must still hold that the chometz cooks. Otherwise, Otherwise, it should be problematic. It still needs to invalidate the flour when you put it in. So this is the Yeshomer Mutz. Rabbi Yehuda says the Gemara halfway down, the Nukma Kerabiosi. Maybe we should say that uh, the Yesh Omrim, the Shita that says that if you put in the vinegar first, followed by the flour, is a Shita of Rabbi Yossi, Detanya. It does say Detanan in the Gemara, it should be Detanya. There are nafkaminas between Detanan and Detanya, not only for historical accuracy, because Rabbi Yehuda Nasi put together the Mishnais and the Brises are not, are not to be found in any one collected space. But also halachically speaking is that if you have two sources in the Tanaim that conflict and one's a Mishnah, one's a Brisa, a Mishnah is more authoritative. So we need to know when we have a Brisa and when we have a Mishnah. And this is a Brisa, the Tanya, the Brisa writes. What does Rabbi Yossi say that mimics our idea about the power of Chometz? Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shorin v'chometz v'chometz 
So we see over there perfectly that that, that price that says that you're allowed to be sure you're allowed to have something soak inside of chometz because chometz is tzomson. Chometz stops the process, as we've seen now for the third time today. Chometz stops the process of leavening. So then the Gemara says, no, it's not true. You can't say that that's true by Rabiosi because Rabiosi was only saying when the chometz was by itself, but the case that we were talking about was when it's in a pot of other food. Even if in, in, in that case, that's how we would hold, that's why we don't follow like Rabiosi. And we, we follow like Rabbi Huda that if you add chometz into even a, a tarobis of other things, we still assume that the chometz will inactivate the properties of a flower becoming chametz. Ula argues on both of these approaches. The Bryce had said that you're allowed to put in first the flower and then the chometz. And some say, no, put in the chometz and then the flower. Says Ula, don't do either of them. This, what we are about to see now is a catchphrase. And the catchphrase basically means you need to be careful. We'll see this many times throughout Shasim Yerz Hashem. Ula Amar, We say to the Nazir, get away from the vineyard. Get away from the vineyard. Don't mess around. That's basically code word for be careful. And it's used as a homily in a variety of cases. Just a few more lines for the night. Couldn't have done another homily if I wanted to. We're running out of time here. Says the Gemara, Rapapi Sharile Le Bordike. Rapapi allowed for Bordike. Rashi says they're Nachtom and they're bakers. We allow for professional bakers, the Beirish Kalusa, we do allow for them to add in some type of, uh, of additional types of flowers and Rashi flower. And Rashi here says right before the Mishnah, an inch below where we are, the Le Bordikoi, a different spelling of the word. Those are bakers, some type of uh, flower that's allowed. Omar Rava, wait a minute. But there are avadim there. Why should that be allowed? He did it himself. He didn't allow for a nachri to do it because he was afraid of what the results would be. It's his food. The nachri is not makbed on halacha. He doesn't know all the diyunim. Rava did it himself to make sure that there would be no problems at all. We'll stop right here. Mr. Shaman Shabbos will pick up at the mission on the bottom of Memo Mibes, and hopefully we'll be able to do a bot and a half. If not more, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to the end of the parish. Have a beautiful night. Um, probably around 250-ish, but I'm not exactly sure. 255? Probably 255 or 3, actually. Chavez.